0: Welcome to the Metaphor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Borg. And this is episode three, Create an Atmosphere. In the house, I kinda had started to have a setup. And when I made the film, I had all these rooms Just shoot the film right there. I only had a couple of scenes outside. It was just, it was just perfect. Why did you become an artist? Maybe it isn't something you became. Maybe you just are an artist. Whatever the case, I can say this with confidence. Most of us make art because of how it makes us feel the atmosphere it creates in our minds. That was David Lynch in his movie, The Art Life, talking about the making of his first cult hit, Eraserhead. He talks about his setup and how important it was to him as he was making this movie to just have all these rooms ready to film in. It's almost like the setup created the movie itself. Because he had the rooms, the script was almost dictated by the rooms he had. He created an atmosphere so his movie could evolve. And then he just went to work. What is it for you? You felt it. Artists are skilled at creating an atmosphere. I want to start way back in what it means to feel like an artist. Why are we drawn to a certain atmosphere, a certain place, or type of place? A French cafe, a serene beach, a bustling city, or a quiet forest? In our painting and art, we are creating a place inside our brains and inside our imagination where we feel safe or we feel a certain sense of excitement or even conflict inside us that helps us bring something new into the world where we can engage with that creative process. The surrealist painter Leonora Carrington said, I don't paint dreams. As far as I know, dreams are in a different space. There are many spaces, and every one of them is interrelated. So for Carrington, she really saw her creativity and her imagination as all of these different spaces. So I'm curious about what the atmosphere is for you. What do you need to have in place to feel at your best in your creative process? Everyone's different. Everyone has a totally different way of working. For some people, it's loud music and a lot of energy. For some people, it's quiet serenity. For some people, it's working outside. For some people, it's working in a group. I'm really curious and I want to know more about Who's out there? What your atmosphere is that you need, that you want to create, and how that helps you with your process. Sometimes the atmosphere we want to create is at odds with the real world. Oh my gosh. For years, I let my thought that I needed a certain atmosphere that I needed things to be a certain way get in the way of me actually doing anything. If you've ever felt this way, you're not alone. Over the years, I kept searching for it, taking workshops, traveling, moving to different places. And I realized that, of course, this seeking was not the answer. It was great experience and my life has been amazing. But over the years, I realized that I could create this atmosphere for myself, wherever I was, because it really happened in my brain. This is so funny to me and so essential. If we make art because of the feeling that it brings us and our feelings come from our body and our brain, a light goes on whenever I remember that my brain is inside my body. I have a post-it note on my wall in my studio that says, paint with your body, not your brain. I always have to remember this. I have to take care of both my body and my brain, and then sometimes I just have to turn my brain off when I paint. But I think it's essential to really look at our brains and how we are creating our setup, how our thoughts are working, and how we're creating an atmosphere so we can really just walk into that house, walk into our studio, and start to work. If you've listened to the first couple of episodes of this podcast, you've heard a new podcaster figuring out the territory. I've always connected sound and music with travel through new landscapes and mindscapes. As a kid, I remember loving to listen to the radio shows, the dramas, the mysteries. As my family drove back and forth between Spokane, Washington, and Utah, where my grandmother lived, And in my early 20s, I had a 1956 Oldsmobile named Oscar, and I drove it back and forth between the pine forests of eastern Washington to the treeless hills of Utah. Most of our creative life occurs in our heads. That's why, especially for artists, it feels difficult to bring it out into the real world. To create paintings, sculptures, and objects. They never come out as we imagine them. But that doesn't stop us. When we realize the world around us is also much of our own making, depending on our thoughts, our emotions, our choices, and when we can have more acceptance of that and surrender to that present moment, be inside the process of making art, and love what comes out the other side, then that's when the magic happens. As kids, we get this. Even if you grew up in a difficult situation, you might have retreated into your imagination to help you through it. Creating an atmosphere is not only about avoidance or resistance or not dealing with reality, it's about taking responsibility for your mind, your space, and your situation. In 1877, when James McNeil Whistler showed his painting, Nocturne in Black and Gold, it was quite a sensation. This painting is more colors and shapes than any scene. The Impressionists had already blown up the art world. But people like Turner, who had done this earlier, and Whistler were really in their own league. Whistler created a whole show, a whole installation that was just about the color yellow. And this painting was more a feeling than a picture. It was a night scene of fireworks exploding, lights reflecting on the water of the Thames River. He painted a lot of these nocturnes, night paintings, that had a lot of dark blues, blacks, and often just the reflections of the light on the water. They really gave you the atmosphere of what it was like to live in London at that time. And talk about toxic atmosphere, London had a lot of pollution and a lot of soot in the air. So this pollution created a haze that was always over London, and these nocturnal paintings really captured that feeling. Critics thought it was too sloppy. I'm quoting here from the website Art in Context, which has a great review of this piece. Critics thought it was too sloppy, unintelligible, and even disrespectful. Whistler's work was rejected by art critic John Ruskin as, quote, throwing a pot of paint in front of the populace, end quote. As a result, Whistler, ever the audacious fellow, prosecuted Ruskin for libel. Whistler argued throughout the trial that the reason he made his paintings was not to imitate nature, but to transcend it, to create a feeling of beauty and a spiritual experience for the viewer. And the interesting thing is, he won his case. He was only given one farthing in damages. But Whistler knew that any publicity is good publicity. And after that, he was renowned for these paintings. Another painting that I find very fascinating in terms of this is Joan Mitchell's Hemlock, painted the same year that my Oldsmobile Oscar was born, 1956. The name of the painting is from Wallace Stevens' poem called Domination of Black, written in 1916. It is really just like brush strokes that look like the branches of a tree kind of swaying back and forth. The Stevens' poem goes like this. Out of the window, I saw how planets gathered, like the leaves themselves, turning in the wind. I saw how the night came, came striding, like the color of the heavy hemlocks. And Stevens also connects that to the sounds outside his window of the peacocks making these noises. And of course the word hemlocks and peacocks has a connection. So for Stevens and for Joan Mitchell, creating this atmosphere of the wind moving and the sound and the color and the planets turning all really works together to create this atmosphere that is beautiful and melancholy. These two examples, Whistler's Nocturne in Black and Gold, and Joan Mitchell's painting Hemlock, and of course Stephen's poem Domination of Black are great examples of capturing an atmosphere, an emotion. A feeling in a work of art. And of course, every work of art out there does this. We can't avoid it. It just happens. But for these artists, really doing it intentionally, really understanding what they're trying to capture, gives their work power. The power of art is to create emotion, to create atmosphere. And yet, there are some things we really resist Even though we know we want to share our work with others, there are certain things like technology or marketing or social media. And the reason that you might be resisting anything in technology or marketing is perhaps one of two reasons. Either one, deep down there's a part of you that wants to try this stuff to learn the new part. And your limbic brain is telling you, stop, go back into the cave, be safe, don't try new things, you'll fail. And I'm here to tell you, Your brain is right. You probably will fail. I am failing. I fail every day. I love it. The more we can become comfortable with what you might call failure, which is basically just not meeting the expectations inside your imagination, the more success we will have. And the second reason you may be resisting technology or finance or spreadsheets or websites or marketing or anything like that is that you just really don't want to do it. I suggest in this case, that you find out which it is. Sit with yourself to decide, do I really never, ever want to do this? Or am I just fearful that I'll fail and it will be hard? So number one is to create an atmosphere in your brain where creativity is happening and able to flow the way you want it to, where you're not lingering and ruminating in negative thought. Number two, create an atmosphere in your studio where you can work, where you have all your tools at hand, where things are in order, where the lighting is right. And number three, create an atmosphere in your business where you can have your own back. Having your own back means that as you learn, as you go down this road of learning new technology, of understanding what it is to have a business, understanding all the different parts to it, and trying new things you've never done before, that you won't be mean to yourself. You won't beat yourself up and keep telling yourself you're not good at business. Does that thought really serve you? I like to write things on my wall in my studio and put up little stickies. You may do this as well. Things I want to think and things I want to believe, new ideas about paintings, etc. So if you were to write something new on the wall of your brain about your business, what would it be? Here's my latest thought. I have my own back because I'm getting better at not scheduling too many things. I love my schedule because my schedule has my back. My schedule is there to protect me and help me make progress. So today I've given you a few ways to create an atmosphere in your art life. In your brain, you can manage your mind. In your studio, you can create an atmosphere by loving your space. And three, in your business, you can create an atmosphere by having your own back. I like to think about Things in very simple steps. It helps me to focus on what's happening right now and keep things clear and simple. So, for my creative life, I have three pillars. The first one is create an atmosphere, number two is make decisions, and number three is walk the path. I use these three steps for myself and also to work with my clients to help them find more clarity and simplicity in their creative process. I hope this was helpful for you today. If you're an artist who wants to sell and market your work more effectively, join us in the Metaphor Mindset Studio, an online program for artists who want to love their business as much as they love their art. Metaphor Mindset Studio, Think like an artist, work like a boss.